This is Mainspring Family Wellness, where transformation takes root. This podcast is for parents pursuing both personal growth and family wellness. We will cover relevant topics that help us reflect, make educated choices, and parent effectively. My name is Kristen Perlmutter. I'm an educator, a philanthropist, and a mother of three who is passionate about personal growth and seeing families at their optimal wellness. And I'm Dr. Jenna Flowers, a marriage and family therapist, author of The Conscious Parent's Guide to Co-Parenting, speaker, and mother of three. Welcome to Mainspring Family Wellness, the lockdown edition. (laughs) Uh, We are here today, Jenna and I are here today with Nola Casserly, MFT. Thanks for being on the show, Nola. Thanks for coming to talk to us today. Lovely to be here. Um, We are so grateful for your expertise and insight. And I know we're going to discuss grief and loss in dealing with disappointment in the wake of this pandemic. I feel like um, we could all use some advice on how to deal with our sadness and, and loss during this challenging time. So we're all feeling disappointment and great losses, some small, some big. Um, how do you suggest we get through it and start to move on? Or do we get through it? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, uh, I feel like I'm, I'm right there with you all in terms of figuring this out. And so I don't, have, I don't have the answer to that question, but I will tell you what I'm trying to do myself. And I'm trying to legitimately suffer through this. Mm. And I will, I will explain to you what I mean by legitimate suffering or conscious suffering. Um, and by that, I mean, this is a loss. We are all experiencing a collective loss of the world that we once knew. So I think just naming that, first of all, is, 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 is so important. And with a loss that large, I think we would be kidding ourselves if we didn't think that there would be some sadness around that and some fear around that because we also don't really know the extent of the loss. All we're hearing about every day is all of the doom and gloom over the sickness and the death and that everything is closed and that everything is empty. So I think to just acknowledge the loss and the grief of that, that we are all collectively experiencing together is where I'm trying to go. And I think it's, it's kind of ironic and lovely at the same time that this is Holy Week. Mm. And I think if you look at Passover celebrations and if you look at Holy Week celebrations, there really is a big part of that that is about tolerating the darkness, tolerating the suffering, right? Mm-hmm. So Often, I think, when we feel sadness and we feel fear, we resist feeling it. And I think we talked about that last week. We dismiss our grief, like, oh, what do I have to complain about? Or 
or we, we bargain with ourselves. Like, it's not that bad. I can do this. I'm going to think positively. I'm going to, so we resist legitimate suffering. So not only are we afraid, but then we have a layer on top of that of, I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be sad. I shouldn't be anxious. So I think we really compound um, this, 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 you know, this negative feeling, this weight of what we're going through when it's counterintuitive, but I actually think if we let ourselves consciously suffer, it's easier. And that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do. So I guess the question is then, what do you mean by conscious suffering? What do you mean by legitimate suffering? And I think Jenna, you mentioned whining. I think whining is a reflection of something that happens if you don't consciously acknowledge the suffering piece. So that's kind of like, like a symptom of, of what you really need to do. So I think most importantly with conscious suffering is naming it to yourself and to others. Okay. So, so having an ally or a witness to, your, to what you've lost and how you're suffering because of the loss is the most important. Those are the two first pieces, first and second. So Jenna, I know you and I had the conversations about um, kind of what I was experiencing personally, and it helped me so much that day. You know mm. what I mean? And yeah, did I cry? Yeah, I absolutely, I cried about it. Yeah. You know, and it was like, there you were, you were listening to me. And then it was like, oh, I feel better. Mm. So it's really, I think it's really, really, instead of shutting down or resisting our suffering, Instead, we name it, we grieve it, (laughs) you know, we kind of, we cry about it and someone compassionate and empathic listens to it. Yes, we have to bear witness for each other with the grief or else sometimes it doesn't feel like it actually exists. Exactly. We don't share it with somebody. And I was even thinking in in terms of what Nola's talking about with the application to our children. Yes. For so many of our kids, um, they have really good lives, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. so right now, what their loss looks like is they don't get to play with friends. They don't get to finish out a baseball season right. or a basketball season. They don't get to graduate. They don't mm-hmm. get to graduate this year, like walk it down unless it's, you know, maybe something that's going to be postponed or, or prom or any of the number of things that are kind of these rites of passages for parents as well as their children to to, to move through, but at the same time, from the lens of our children, these are very big deals. These are some of the biggest things that they have ever encountered in their lives. And so it's really important for us to acknowledge that yeah. as parents with our children, whether it's, you know, um, your first grader doesn't have his regular play date with his dear little buddy or doesn't get to go on recess and play with his friends like, you know, as usual, or your sixth grader doesn't get to go to the volleyball tournament and hang out with her, her girlfriends. Um, whatever it is, it means a lot in the world of your child. Yeah. Oh, Jenna, I was thinking about the 12th birthday. 12th birthday party of, of your son. Yeah. It's like t- yeah, tomorrow. 
yeah, to have that at home with his siblings and parents, it's like age 12 is all about forming your second family and your friends and the, these relationships. That's what, who you want to celebrate with and be part of, but to not have that, think about that. Yeah. You know, that, that's really a loss. It is a yeah. loss. Yeah. So how, what kind of, how would that conversation go with your kids? Like if they are going to miss having a birthday or a major milestone with their friends, like how would you, what's the language you would recommend? I'll using? tell you, um, what Nola's referring to is my middle son turns 12 tomorrow mm -hmm. and uh, a week and a half ago, which was what, two and a half weeks into our quarantine, um, somebody <laughs> was like taking... Years. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're on week four now. Um, somebody was taking a, 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 a handball to the garage and throwing it as hard as he possibly could, you know, just throwing yeah. it, throwing it, throwing it. Clearly, there was a lot of anger that was mm -hmm. happening in there. And, and so when I, I just said, hey, let, let's just check in for a minute. What, what are you feeling right now? And he was just like, I'm just not going to get to have a birthday party. I'm not going to get to be with my friends. Like, this is the worst birthday ever. And I was looking mm -hmm. forward to this and it's not going to happen. And, and I just said, you're right. And I, I'm just so sorry that it, it's not going to look like the way that you'd hoped. At yeah. some point after all this, I really want to get everybody together. We'll have a sleepover. We'll do something really fun. But it, it can't happen right now. Mm -hmm. so we have to sit with that acceptance of yeah. what is for for ourselves, for our kids. And I just held him because he's within my circle of the people I'm allowed to hold right now and physically touch, right? Sure. And so there's just a lot of touch and little touches right now and hugs and sometimes not saying anything, you know, mm -hmm. but just that pat on the back of like, I see you, I know what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. And I can't, I can't fix it. That's the other thing as well. Right, right. So much of this is out of our control. Yeah. So all of it is, really, yes, yeah. yeah. That's hard for parents. Yeah, it is. But, but I do think fixing the feelings of your children is a mistake a lot of parents, myself including, uh, included, tended to make. Mm -hmm. you know, and that story that I sat with, uh, that I shared with you guys last week of just sitting with my grandson who was so sad. And I didn't say, don't be sad. I didn't say it's not a big deal. I didn't say they're coming home soon. I just put my hand on his shoulder and I sat it with his sadness with him. And mm -hmm. I empathized. And, and that's similar to, I think, what you did, Jenna. It's like, you kind of allow them to be sad. And I go back to, that's what conscious suffering is. You are allowed to have those feelings. I think that as adults, what I try to do with my own negative feelings is I try to be aware of what compulsive behavior I am engaging in if I can't tolerate a feeling. Oh, Nola, this is, this is the crux of it. This is so hard to do because even yeah. right now when, with the, some of the Zoom conferences that I do have either with clients or with, with um, our online parenting support group that we've been hosting on Thursdays, um, the number one thing that so many people are trying to do to distract from that yeah. is drinking. Right. Like I can't <sighs> even right. convey it enough. An addiction, that is the root yeah. of addiction. You can't tolerate the feeling. Yeah. You meet your edge and you have to soften the edge. You have to numb yourself. So any kind of denial, 
shutdown, compulsive behavior, addiction. You know, a lot of people are overeating. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I know a lot of thing I think I do is I love having anything crunchy like popcorn. <laughs> There's something about the noise of that energy because I do think these, these heavy negative feelings, it's an energy release. Like, mm -hmm. like your son was with the ball, yeah. Jenna. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we have all this energy and we don't know what to do with it. Yeah. These compulsive behaviors are ways that we are trying to manage what to do with this energy. Mm -hmm. So ex expression of those feelings. And, you know, for a lot of times, I mean, that's really what art therapy is. Like if you can draw something and you can then show it to someone and express what that feeling is and what it looks like. That's another great thing that you could do with a child. You yeah. know, like if you, if you had to draw this birthday or if you had to draw this emptiness, mm. like what would it look like? You know, um, I think that could be a great um, strategy mm -hmm. for yeah. children. Yeah. That is a great strategy. And it's a simple one that we all have access to. Right. And then, you know, after that process of um, letting the emotion and the grief and the disappointments wash over you and sitting in it, like, how do you redirect your energy into something more positive or how do you turn it into gratitude, for example? Well, I think that's a great question. And I think that once you express the negativity and you were allowed to sit in it and someone empathized with you, mm -hmm. That, that allows you to move to, I, and I like to call it adaptation at, at, at first. I do think it's, it's leading, it's going towards acceptance, which, which I think is the final kind of one of the thought to be the final stage of grief. But how do I adapt? So in other words, how do I get my needs met in the moment in spite of this loss? So when I heard Jenna talk about her son's birthday, like how, how can we still celebrate this even without my friends? You know, given what we've lost, given what the situation is, how can we still get these needs met to acknowledge this birthday? Mm -hmm. You know, um, I was uh, listening to the podcast, Brene Brown's Unlocking uh, Self. I mm -hmm. believe it's called Unlocking Self. Yeah. And listen to her interview with David Kessler. And he had something really interesting to say about gratitude and, or even finding meaning, which uh, he has a book called Finding Meaning, which they're now saying is the sixth um, level of, of uh, grief. But he said, when it comes to gratitude, sometimes we jump too uh, quickly into gratitude Hmm. Uh, finding meaning because we haven't actually done the emotional work necessary. Oh, interesting. Take that step of actually doing your emotional work, like what Nola was just talking about, like to really be in it and the conscious suffering, because if you try to, and then you just go into finding gratitude, it's yeah. almost like a surface level uh, place, you know, like it, it doesn't really stick. And that's why it's so important to really feel our feelings and, and really acknowledge our loss. Um, mm -hmm. And then he also said that uh, we can't really jump too quickly into finding meaning in something like coronavirus. The finding meaning in it 
is really about the uh, connections that we make with other people and with ourselves during this time. Right. Which wow. I found to be a really profound statement. Right. And there's no bypassing. So there's yes. no bypassing the discomfort of those sad and fearful emotions. And I think many parents and, and many individuals try to bypass. And you try to bypass by distracting and by eating and by drinking. And, and I think that we're all better off if we name them and we, we physically experience the discomfort each, mm -hmm. with each other. Yeah. Right. Well, maybe that's the deeper meaning and the lesson in all this. That's the, where we'll all find common ground or connection that we're all suffering together, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I think the understanding that we are all suffering together does help everybody. Mm -hmm. But as women, I really don't hear men typically have a difficult time with this. But at the same time, I don't want to overgeneralize. I'm sure there are men that, that do have difficulty with this. But I really see women having a hard time with rationalizing how, how they feel. Like they shouldn't be allowed to feel a certain way. Right. right. To kind of take it away from themselves. And I was hoping maybe we could expound a little more on that. And, you know, some people talk about like comparative grief, like, well, I shouldn't be allowed to feel this way because other people have it so bad. Um, yes. You know, I'm not sick, but, you know, I've just missed out on some things. But we really do have to kind of own what, what we do feel upset about in our lives. Um, and I think I still kind of would love to hear you, Nola, talk a little more about like, how do we get out of that pattern of the comparative grief or, or uh, rationalizing ourselves out of feeling our feelings? Yeah. Well, like, I definitely think that just collectively as a culture, we highly value strength and independence, mm. okay? So, so I think that has definitely been um, organizing itself for so long. Like we went from all living in tribes and depending on each other to instead living on our own, being independent, being strong. So I think that value of being independent and strong has been, been so kind of imprinted on us in this modern day. Mm -hmm. And what I think has happened now is the interdependence of humanity is, is really like a big light is being shown on that, you know, on how we are dependent on each other. Hmm. And, I th and I think collectively we, you know, did not want to kind of admit to that vulnerability in our past as, as a human race, you know, yeah. modern human race. So true. So I definitely think that is that is a redefinition of the human condition, so so to speak, right now in modern times, which I think is another aspect of this sea change that's happening right now. So all of those tendencies, Jenna, about oh I'm fine, I'm strong, you know, I'm gonna my suffering's not that bad, my grief's not that bad. I think those are all qualities of that modern kind of consciousness that we were all kind of a part of this changing. So I think we have to remind ourselves now that the, the vulnerability is where the growth comes from 
and the vulnerability is really what's happening right now. We are all dependent on each other and we're, you know, we're vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. I also think we, we have to, as adults, not, not with our children, not as parents, but I think for me, as I get older, I think really, really looking death right in the face as a reality of life is really what we're talking about here. Yes, so and true. We all, I mean, we really, really don't ever want to address that reality or talk about it. And now as I get older and I'm losing certain um, members of my family, my husband's illness, I'm, I'm coming to the reality like, okay, no one gets away with that. No, mm-hmm. you know, as you age, no one gets away from, you know, death is like on your left shoulder. So I was walking around my forest the other day and I was looking at, the, I have aspects of my property that are completely wild. And in this wilderness is decay and new growth everywhere I look. Mm-hmm. Right? So trees have fallen down, they're gray, they're rotting, bugs are crawling through them, you know, and then there's this like amazing chartreuse shade of green that is so bright and beautiful. So I'm looking at this, this panoply of growth and decay all around me. And it's, I've come to the realization that that, that is, that is really life. You know what I mean? That is, that is the reality of human existence. And I do think that another aspect of this virus is that it is reminding us all of that reality that we want to deny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The yin and the yang, the good yeah. and the bad. Yeah. No, I definitely, I can see that for sure. Um, so we talked a little bit about Uh, I'm just thinking about as moms, particularly struggling to find alone time right now and, you know, time to grieve or feel emotions privately. I know a lot of people are turning towards things that maybe aren't so healthy. Do you have any suggestions on things that people can do to cope and, and still, and take care of themselves despite the fact that they really have zero alone time? Well, you know, I'm glad you brought this up because I I was thinking, first of all, we all have to acknowledge that so many of us are not wired to be homeschool parents. (laughs) (laughs) Homeschool teachers, that's just, that is a gifting that uh, a specific amount of parents have. And I want to acknowledge them for that. That's, that's, That's amazing. I am not one of those. I will tell you that right now. I am not either. And, and with so many parents that are uh, trying to figure out the finances of their business, yeah, uh, trying to get their kids online distance learning up and rolling to some kind of level where people are retaining information and being able to get homework done um, yeah. and then take care of their homes on top of that and create three meals a day for their kids. I mean, yeah. this is... Yeah. This is such a a profound time. I mean, it's like no, it's unprecedented. No one, no one should have to do all this, and yet we are all trying, and we're all just trying our best mm-hmm. with yeah. it. But it is important if you are a person that has struggled with depression in the past, mm-hmm. 
that you have to take a, a real look at what your own mental health is mm -hmm. like right now and what you are needing because, um, and I've always said this in our, in the parenting classes, you know, parents are the surge protectors for their families. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. and, and in particular moms, in my opinion. And yes. so yes. you really have to look at, there's so much that's getting plugged in to you to be that source. And so if you're, if you're under sourced, how can we get you back on track? Yeah. And, um, especially for our moms or dads that are prone to depression mm -hmm. in California right now, we've had almost like two weeks of rain. Like we've only had like a, yeah. a handful of, of days where, you know, we've had a little bit of sunshine. So some of that has made it worse for us in this. Right. Um, gloomy. Yeah. So look at what, what kind of support are you needing? How are you eating? If you mm -hmm. are using too much caffeine or alcohol, let's evaluate that and take a real hard look at um, uh, cutting back. If it's mm -hmm. caught, especially with caffeine, for people that are prone to anxiety, caffeine is, is a, a top thing that too many people are drinking and it's actually causing more symptoms of mm -hmm. anxiety. In mm -hmm. your body. So let's, let's uh, cut back on that. How is your sleep? That's mm -hmm. another thing too. Um, so much of our immune systems are built on adequate sleep. So you often have to go back to the real basics for, for your care to, uh, to kind of counter depression symptoms. And then along with what we've been talking about, kind of naming to tame what, what you're feeling and talking about it, reaching out for support with people that are really good at listening. You mm -hmm. know, some of us have friends that, uh, that love to talk. And they yes. don't necessarily do enough listening um, of their other friends. So make sure you've got some good listeners in your life and that mm -hmm. it's mutual yeah. so that there's a real exchange of connection. I don't yes. know about you, but I, I've had, I've encountered where, and I don't mean in practice, just as a friend, you know, where I'm doing a lot of listening and then I realize, wow, I'm not really engaging, you know, in connection. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's really important that our time together has engagement. Um, I was speaking to somebody recently that just said, I just don't want to reach out right now because I'm feeling so insular and mm. I'm just in my home. And also when I have these zoom cocktails or zoom times with friends, everything's kind of on the surface. We're not yeah. really talking about deep stuff. Right. Okay, if that's the case for anyone that's listening right now, choose a couple selective friends where you can go deeper, where you can choose to really connect because that is the cup filling moment for mm. us. So true. We, we need cup filling moments. I like that. Cup filling moments. Yeah. I think I would add to that in terms of um, practical things you can do. I think pruning is re always been really helpful. Like what can go here? Like what, what do I just not have to do this, this week? You know, maybe there's a part of your house that you can just let go or let get messy, or maybe there's even a relationship that you can prune. You know, I don't have to keep checking on that person. Mm -hmm. I mean, pruning, I think we, there's so much, like you said, Jenna, in terms of bandwidth. And I know I had, I had such a ridiculous little revelation, but significant at the same time. I think as women asking for what we need is a really is a really interesting thing that we often don't do. So here's a simple example. I asked my husband and my daughter, I said, could we please not leave any dishes in the sink 
during this time. When you finish with a dish, can, can everybody just please put it in the dishwasher? And I said it so calmly and matter of factly, and everybody was like, yeah, sure. Like, nope, there has not been one dish in that sink. And let me tell you, for all the years I've been married, I used to like bitch and moan in my own head about people leaving dishes in the sink. <laughs> they were like, oh, these are for me to put in the dishwasher because right. I'm mm -hmm. the mom. And it's like, right. why didn't I just calmly ask for it before? Yeah. So I definitely think just, you know, kids, you know, family, this is, this is kind of what mom needs now that we're all together. Could, could you guys help me out? Like, I just think that that's a really, that can be really important. Yeah, asking for what you need. Yeah. yeah. And I think too, finding those moments of alone time, what, even if you can just go on a walk by yourself. I, for me, being outside is huge. And of course it has been raining quite a bit, but, um, or even if you have to <laughs> take a really long shower, and mm -hmm. what, you know, whatever you need to do to uh, yeah. be alone and, and cry. Sometimes you just need to cry too. It's just cathartic yeah. and but another thing I, I was uh, listening to one of Renee Brown's podcasts and she talks a lot about, there's just so much negative news right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, there's hardly anything good. I mean, it's so exciting when something good comes on and I know, you know, bad news sells, but you know, do you think that limiting yourself, especially if you're somebody that's prone to depression, you know, limiting your, your exposure during this time of isolation to bad news, <laughs> um, I think that's another self-care. Oh, yeah. I mean, that is so anxiety-provoking. Oh, yeah. For having the news on, I, I, I haven't, I don't watch the news. I go and I get some highlights. Like, I, I do want to know, is the curve yeah. coming down? Right. How are right. we doing? Once right. I have that information, I'm done. I don't go on there. Yeah. Yeah. So just find those little snippets of information that you need and try to, try not to be on your you know, even on your phone, there's constant updates popping up and yeah, you know, it's hard not to let that affect your, your mood too. So I feel like that's something I've, I've been on a lot of group uh, Zooms and I can tell who's spending too much time Watch. watching the news. <laughs> yeah, like, have you heard this? Have you yeah. Heard that? Is, no. Yeah. yeah not healthy. Yeah. You know, I listened to a really interesting um, discussion actually by a pastor recently about famines and what has taken place at different points of, of famines in, in mm -hmm. culture. And one of the things that he talked about was it, it's an opportunity to actually learn or um, learn something new hmm. to build something for yourself or your community mm -hmm. skill. Yeah. Uh, and I thought, wow, that's, that's really interesting. So if, if somebody is needing some novelty because there's so much um, monotony right now in our, in our routines, because we're all kind of stuck at home, right? We don't have our hobbies. We don't have our events to go to and, and whatnot. Um, taking up some kind of new skill with an online mm -hmm. course or mm -hmm. picking up a book that you can have a, a book discussion with friends something that's stimulating for yourself and also fun at the same time, this mm -hmm. could be a great opportunity for that. Yeah. I think the fun piece is really important. Yeah. Um, I, I was listening to a podcast and he's like, read something for pleasure that yes. just is pleasurable. I yes. think we get, you know, we get so caught up in like, Oh, I got to learn this. I got to, mm -hmm. you know, teach myself this. Just what is pleasurable right now in terms right. of what you take in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, especially and, something that you can escape in. 
Yeah, and then maybe something else uh, would be um, that in, in these times, a lot of times uh, you don't want to ever take advantage of other people in the mm -hmm. process. So something that I've just personally been doing, I've been trying to reach, reach out to certain friends and just little gifts, mm -hmm. sending a little something, whatever, just to be positive and, and inspire, you know? Yeah. yeah. I was just going to say that it seems like a really appropriate time to be paying it forward for sure. It's not always easy to do when you're at home, but I was just ordering vegetables online from a um, local produce stand and they had an option to, you know, donate a, a box of produce to somebody that doesn't have enough to eat. And I just, oh, it's a simple little act, yeah. but yeah. So there, there's so many things that we could be doing even from our homes just to um, help other people. And that does feel so good. Yeah. yeah help where we can. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think this has been a really productive conversation for today. Nola, thank you so much for joining oh, us. Thank you, Nola. And it's such a pleasure to have you as my co-teacher for the online support group that we have on Thursdays and that we've been doing this during quarantine. I mean, it's such a gift to me. Um, and yeah, and we just really have appreciated the women too that have joined us for that. And uh, we'll plan we're also planning to do that for the next couple of weeks, I think, for as long as we're in quarantine. I will be there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, well, thank you so much for listening uh, to the Mainspring Family Wellness Podcast. Uh, Chris and I, thank you so much for your, um, for your ongoing listening and support of Mainspring Family Wellness. Please take care and love to your families.